Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you'll learn the world is not what it seems, and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. Today, I'll continue with a review of some of the basic ideas, ideas that have been discussed in previous podcasts, but hopefully with a slightly different perspective on them. Now, in that regard, recently I talked about the future pulling stronger than the past pushes, and I'd like to add a couple of thoughts here. You know, we often think of ourselves as stuck in time, limited by choices, events, and experiences of the past. But that's a very limited way of thinking. When you realize the past and future all exist now, and there are many probabilities, you can begin to understand that a future version of you can help pull you forward past whatever obstacles or troubles you might be facing, exerting a much stronger force than any past versions of you might put limits on you. Let me repeat that, right? A future version of you can help pull you forward past whatever obstacles or troubles you might be facing, exerting a much stronger force than any past versions of you might put limits on you. But actually, it isn't the past version that puts the limits on you. It's the present version of you who chooses to focus on past events and choices that are limiting instead of focusing on positive new realities and bringing them into your present with your thoughts, beliefs, emotions, and intensity. Remember, the present is the point of power. That's the only point where you can impact reality. So you might as well focus on the positive. Now, on another subject, I've talked a lot recently about uh, 2075 and the second coming of Saul, who became Paul. Well, actually, uh, the entity Seth stated it really is like the third or fourth or fifth (laughs) coming, in a sense, because the Christ entity, of which uh, Saul was a part this time, is one of three focus personalities, right? The Christ entity has been coming into the earth reality many, many times for thousands of years in different guises. But only in two of those was he recognized, in Atlantis and at the time of our Christ. Now, each time, the purpose is to help guide us along in our growth and progress and understanding, using whatever level of teaching we can handle at that, quote, time. At the time of our Christ, he had to speak in terms of a father and son because the people living then could not have understood anything more complex. But now we can, and by... 2075, apparently we'll be ready for much better things and more complex ideas. Now I'll turn to another idea I've discussed, and I'll put a little bit of a different uh, tack on it. And this subject is, imagine if Al-Qaeda and ISIS and the Taliban knew all the things about the big picture perspective uh, that we know now. Well, If they knew all of this, imagine if they knew they are really spirits, right? And that they're right now energizing many focus personalities, 
many of them women, many Christian or Jewish, and that when they die, they become more aware of their total big self, which includes people of many races and social positions, possibly from the lowest to the highest. Now imagine if they knew that the entire physical universe is a camouflage reality, an illusion that we spirits use as a stage setting on which to play out the dramas of the physical lives that we choose to live. Imagine if they understood that all of us are truly actors, just playing a role in any given lifetime as a man, a woman, a child, a wealthy industrialist perhaps, or a poor beggar on the street, a wise old man or a young idiot. Imagine if they knew we take on a lot of different roles of our own choosing to experience the emotions and learn the power to create that can only be learned here in our human time-space illusion. It would be a different world, right? They wouldn't feel the need to kill other people who don't believe as they do. They wouldn't feel the need to subjugate women. They wouldn't need to wage jihad over any perceived slight to their prophet Muhammad. Well, what are the chances they'll learn these things in this lifetime? Unfortunately, very small. There's a book called Messages from Michael that explains how what uh, she calls baby souls, generally behave while they're energizing bodies on earth. They think they have to attack and kill those who do not believe as they do. So we'll likely have to wait until they become more mature souls who can live at peace with many different belief systems. Knowing that after a number of deaths and rebirths, we all come to understand our true nature as spirits who are eternal and powerful beings, all of us. Hopefully by the time they become old souls who are more tolerant, most of us will have moved on past the reincarnational existences that we're in right now to probabilities or some other system of reality where what we experience is generally a lot more positive than what we have here. Now another idea I've talked a lot about recently is one of my favorites, and that is you're as dead now as you will ever be. Now. I want to emphasize just how positive and inspiring that thought should be for people. What does it mean? It means simply that right now, at levels beyond your daily waking consciousness, you are aware of many other realities. But of course, at the conscious level, you're aware only of this one. At so-called death, your scope of awareness expands and you're aware of all these other dimensions that you ignore while you're awake. When you're asleep and dreaming, you're aware of them, but when you wake up, what you remember is just a bunch of symbolism, what your conscious mind is capable of handling right now. But one of the powerful things to remember that will help you create the life you want right now is that events are not things that happen to you. Strange as that may seem, what they really are is materialized experiences formed by you in line with your beliefs and expectations. When you are so-called dead, you know this and create all kinds of wonderful realities to experience according to your preferences. But right now, it's difficult to understand this, let alone make it happen. But we all could with the right beliefs and with some practice. In fact, a, a lot of people have made good livings promoted the, promoting the law of attraction, as they call it. 
and similar types of things by providing a pathway through workshops, books, and the CDs, and what whatnot, <clears throat> providing a pathway for people to develop the required skills. Now, as I've mentioned, the Monroe Institute in Faber, Virginia, offers several programs, and their introductory gateway program can give you a jump start toward experiencing other realities. I highly recommend it and the many advanced programs they offer that can give you a glimpse into the, wor into the world of uh, 2075. Now, another basic idea I want to touch on again, which I've uh, talked about recently, is the big after-death party. Now, as I mentioned uh, just a, a couple of sessions ago, according to the entity Seth and Jane Roberts' book, Seth Speaks, after-death environments in general are not somber at all. He says they're generally far more intense and joyful than the reality we know now. He doesn't go so far as to suggest happy birthday, happy death day parties, <laughs> happy death day parties instead of funerals, but he does want to draw attention to our misconceptions. Now, as you know, I've talked about a lot of highly respectable, respectable people of good character who died and wanted to let us know what it's like after death so we can be better prepared. And in addition to them, there's also input from reputable out-of-body travelers uh, like Bob Monroe and Joe McMonagle that support uh, these statements. They all tend to agree that death is not the same experience for everyone, which I mentioned recently. A lot of what you experience has to do with your beliefs and expectations. Now, here's something I haven't touched on a lot. In the early stages, some don't even realize they're dead. When they do, finally, someone will then try to continue focusing on earth events and influencing them to no avail. I remember almost one uh, comical uh, example where it was cited where a fellow who uh, had died wanted to uh, control a lot of the activities of his wife, but <laughs> he wasn't able to do that. Try, try as he might. So once someone gets past that stage and they realize they're dead, uh, the next would come the belief system territories that Bob Monroe talked about, where spirits realize they can create any kind of environment they choose, and they think they're in heaven. And you might remember uh, I talked about uh, 95,000 square foot mansions and estates, lovely wooded areas with streams, cars 60, foot, 60 feet long, and thousand foot yachts and all that, as each entity creates what it considers the most enjoyable environment. Now, sometimes these spirit entities, that's, that's us when, <laughs> after we die, sometimes these spirit entities get entranced with this plane of reality, and guides need to nudge them out of their tight focus on it and introduce them to the next stage, which for many is one of learning and growing and capabilities that they want to focus on. This might involve courses in music, theater, healing, medicine, science, agriculture, and so forth. Now, after that, many will choose their next incarnation uh, and start to prepare for it, often working with other entities in their soul group and planning out in advance certain events that will cause them to meet and fill certain functions and roles. Now, all of this is done freely with the intent of attaining as much soul growth as possible in the coming lifetime. Now, over the course of the incarnations, souls will play a variety of roles in our human time-space illusion, 
as I said, in various guises, and at times rich, poor, wise, or dull, at times a woman, at times a man, at times honorable and brave, and perhaps not so much at other times. It all makes for an interesting and varied growth environment where we experience many emotions firsthand in a way that we couldn't in the other realities that we spirits take part in. Now, some souls will choose not to continue their growth by reincarnating, but instead to focus on other realities, often not physical at all. And none of the people who have given us input about after-death realities can provide much description about the advanced entities who finished their incarnations simply because they're unable to experience those planes. Now, the entity Seth is uh, finished with the incarnational phase, if you still think in terms of time instead of focus. But Seth and others like him function as teachers, slipping in and out of various space-time frames, helping the current inhabitants, and that includes us, to get some understanding of the deeper realities that underlie and support the one they know. That's us. Uh, they is us. Others in his sphere might uh, choose to be, as I said, healers or creators instead of teachers. All right, so let me uh, stop talking about that, and I'll go on to another subject I've talked about, the three U's and the one U. Now, in the Seth books that was authored, <coughs> authored by uh, Jane Roberts, who channeled Seth, right? Seth explains that we all identify ourselves too narrowly, and in so doing, we limit ourselves and cut ourselves off from the great natural power that is ours. Now, the first you, the one most of us think we are, is a focus personality, as I've explained in the past. That's you and me focused in tightly on this camouflage earth reality. We might think of ourselves as a white man in the 21st century, a black woman living in Africa in the 18th century, a Japanese warrior in the 15th century, or whatever. That's the me that we are aware of, and we think our identity doesn't extend beyond that particular body. Now, the second you is the inner self. That's the part of your big self that is in you, aware of you, the focus personality, but also aware of the big self that it is a part of, which is energizing you in this physical reality. Now, the third you is your big self, the larger, more powerful entity of which you are a part. It's energizing many such personalities in different time and space settings and in some settings beyond the reality we know. But the important point here, and the reason I went back to this is, the important point is there's no real distinction among the three. They are all one. You, as you think of yourself, are actually your inner self and big self as well. And you help create what the big self is by your creativity as you are expressing it here on earth. Well, why is it important to understand who you are at this larger, more powerful level? Because once you appreciate it, you can begin to apply all the wisdom, experience, and power of the big self to this reality. You can take charge of your environment and what you experience, realizing that you're a co-creator of it. Now, by choosing to focus with emotional intensity, as I've said many times, on what you want to bring about, you do bring it about. You do make it real in your life right here. In a sense, then, you are a focus mechanism. 
Right? You're a focus mechanism bringing into existence in this human time-space illusion whatever you focus on, provided you do it with enough intensity. Intensity is, is what gives it the firepower to go from the non-material electromagnetic energy units that I've talked about in the past into material reality as we and scientists know it now. So there's you, the focus personality, being operated mainly by the ego, you, the inner self, who's manipulating between the material and the non-material larger reality of the big you, and there's the big you, centered in the non-material world of spirit, but sending out parts of itself into the physical. Now, it's okay to think of yourself as just you, the focus personality, and there are reasons the big you decided to come in and play the game according to the rules of our root assumptions. Uh, time, space, we're all different, and there's good and evil. Right? But it's time now, in our development, that we start to realize we're all much bigger, more powerful selves who can start to take charge of what we experience as co-creators. All right, I'll stop here today, and uh, in the next session, I'll continue to uh, review some of the uh, basic ideas, but hopefully with a, a different twist. Again, I'm Dan McEnany, bringing you lessons from the helpful dead.